we're starting a series, or we're, we're in part two of a series on gifts. And I just want to start with a story I heard the other day about a man who went to the doctor, and he went into the doctor and said, Doctor, I think I've got a problem. The doctor said, what's the problem? He said, I, I can't stop singing the green grass at home. And the doctor says, well, I think you must have Tom Jones syndrome. And the man says, well, is that common? The doctor says, it's not unusual. <laughs> they don't get better. They don't get better. But we're, 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 in a, we're in a series where we're talking about gifts. And just on the subject of gifts, I heard a story this week about a guy called Bob who forgot his anniversary. Now, that is, a, that is the biggest faux pas. He forgot their anniversary, and he says to his wife, I am really sorry I've forgotten our anniversary. And she just, she kind of, she's okay. You can tell she's annoyed, but she said, listen, you can make it up to me by tomorrow morning on the drive needs to be something that will do 100, naught to 150 in five seconds. So he says, Okay. So they go to bed, goes to work the next day, he comes home from work, she says, have you got my present? He said, no, it's arriving in the morning. She said, does it do naught to 150 in five seconds? He says, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. She says, okay, they go to bed. The next morning, he goes off to work, she wakes up on the driveway, is a box. She goes out to the driveway, picks up this box, takes it home, unwraps it, set away in scales. Bob, Bob hasn't been seen all week. <laughs> um, but just on the subject of gifts, you know God's a generous God? God is an incredibly generous God who just loves to give us gifts to show how much he loves us. The Bible said actually God loved us so much. What did he do? He gave. He gave his only son that whoever believes in him won't perish but have eternal life. That he gave his son for us. But actually that's not, when you look through the Bible, that's not the only gift that God gave us. There's, a, there's another gift God gave us and that's the gift of salvation. God gave us salvation, that gift of eternal life. He saw the condition of our life. He saw the mess we were in and, and, he, and he, everything we did wrong. The Bible calls that sin. And, and do you know what? There's a price for sin. The Bible tells us that there's a cost that needs to be paid for our sin. And actually, the Bible says actually the cost for that, the wages for that is death. It's an eternal separation from God. But Jesus stepped in totally sinless and said, no, no, I'll pay that. I'll pay that price. I'll pay the price for your sin. And then you get a gift from God. So not only do you get the mercy of God where he's saying, all right, I'll pay the price. You get a gift from God, which is the eternal life in Christ. Another verse says this, it's by grace. Grace means something, you, you get something, you don't deserve it, but you get it anyway. By grace, you've been saved through faith, not from yourselves. It's a gift from God. And, and you might be here this morning, I just want to just encourage you, challenge you a little bit. You may be here this morning, and you've got that gift right in front of you, that gift of salvation, that gift of eternal life that's just offered, offered to you, but you've never opened it. It's been there, it's been offered to you, it's actually in your hands, but you've never opened it. And I want to encourage you, you're one prayer away from opening that gift, that gift of 
eternal life. We call it salvation. And that gift actually is all about heaven. It's all about what happens after we die. But the other gifts that God gives us are actually so we can live a full life here on earth. And so when we get the gift of salvation, what follows then is we call it the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this just before he was crucified. He said, I'll ask the Father who will give you another advocate. So another one of me is going to come and he'll never leave you. Jesus is off to heaven, but there's something else that's going to come from the same source who will never leave you. He's the Holy Spirit. Now, the world can't receive him because it's not looking for him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. You're probably reading that going, what? What it means is actually what happens is you have Jesus lives with them. Jesus was living physically with the disciples. Now, Jesus is God. Jesus is God in human form. And Jesus is living with them. And then when Jesus leaves, he sends the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit, the spirit side of God, to live inside people. So we get this idea of the Trinity. That's where we get Father, God, the Son, God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit, and, and so Jesus has returned to heaven, the Holy Spirit comes. Some people actually call it the Spirit of Jesus, because it's the same thing that's actually living inside you now, not as an external body. And I, I want to tell you, Jesus never intended to kind of come, die, be resurrected, go to heaven, and leave us to it. There was always a plan. There was always a plan to send the Holy Spirit, that when we become Christians, the Holy Spirit comes to us, dwells inside us, lives inside us, and actually it motivates us, it encourages us, it challenges us. Sometimes it'll convict us sometimes, and it helps us to live the life God intended us to live because we can't do it on our own. Most of you seem to be quite happy to do it on your own. That's fine. But listen, Zechariah says this, this is the word of the Lord, not by might or by power, but by my, every voice, by my spirit. spirit. We do it by God's spirit. And there's a tendency, can I be honest, for us to try and live our lives with our natural understanding. And we try and live our lives with our natural ability. And do you know what? It'll get you to a certain place. It will, because God's given you natural abilities, natural gifts, natural talents. But actually, God says, there's something more for you. There's something more when the spirit kind of gets activated, actually you, act, you, you live empowered and you can get further, you can reach forward. And in this series, we want to kind of teach a little bit and talk to you about what it means to live that spirit-empowered lives. But I'll say this kind of before I start. Guess what? The gifts aren't just for us. They're not just for us to have as kind of my own little gift. Actually, God says this to Abraham, I'm going to bless you and I'll make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. This is about other people. This is about working with other people. So we get the, the gift of the Holy Spirit that, that comes to live inside of us, but actually the Holy Spirit comes with gifts. So there's another set of gifts and we call those the gifts of the Spirit, suggesting in your language, we've got the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the one that lives and dwells inside us. Then we get the gifts of the Spirit. That same Spirit is then giving us extra gifts that are kind of external. So we've got this internal presence, the Holy Spirit, then gifts to work in the external. Is this all making sense? Is this all right? And, you know, we're a Pentecostal church. I don't know if you noticed. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe they are active. Today, we feel as a, as a church, actually, it's important that we move in these gifts, that we understand them, that we actually, we, we, we're, we're a church that's equipped and empowered to go and do everything God created us to be. Jesus said this, anyone who believes in me will do what? Greater works. Greater works than Jesus did. You know, Jesus, all the things Jesus did in his life wasn't just so we could sit in a room 2,000 years later and go, oh, yeah, that was nice. 
is so we could do greater things. It's so we could do greater works. You know, that same power that Jesus needed to change lives 2,000 years ago is exactly the same power that we need now. Because the problems haven't changed. So we need the same power. And I don't know if you know this, but there's a study that was done in America. 80% of Christians don't know their spiritual gift. 80% of American Christians either don't have an understanding of spiritual gifts or don't know what their gift is. They're saved, they've got the spirit living inside them, but actually they're not operating in what God's given them. 80%. And do you know what I think is critical to the mission of the church? I think it's critical to the the global mission of the church, not just this church, the church globally, that we understand what our gifts are and how we operate. And the Bible says we've got different gifts. The kind of active word there is we have different gifts. They're given by the, uh, according to the grace given to each of us. And I want to say we've all got a spiritual gift. You might not know it yet. Or maybe I'll say it another way. We've all got the potential to unlock a spiritual gift. And actually it's there so we can advance the kingdom, the, 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 the purposes of God in our world. And you know, these gifts aren't just for special moments on Sundays, by the way. They're for the world. We're the church. We exist for the world. And Hannah gave a great introduction last week to, to some of the spiritual gifts. And I want to just pick out three um, this morning. And because when we look at the, the spiritual gifts, if you go through 1 Corinthians uh, 12, you get this list of spiritual gifts. And we're going to be looking at those over the next three weeks. But I want to pick out uh, three today that we'll, we'll move into. But what we have is these manifestation gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. And you've got, uh, the, in, in that 12, you can break those down into three. So you've got the revelation gifts, which are given so that we can have spiritual insight into something that's hidden in the natural. Um, So we're talking about the gift of of wisdom, or a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, spiritual discernment, and we're going to unpack those uh, this morning. Then we've got the power gifts, which are gifts that, that, that demonstrate God's power actually visibly in our world. So healing, miracles, uh, gift of faith. And then we have the speaking gifts, and they're given so that we can communicate audibly the words of God. So we've got the gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. And, and over the next three weeks, we're going to be teaching, if that's okay, rather than preaching, uh, just so we understand each of these gifts, how they operate, and how we can move in them. And I want to look today at looking at these revelation gifts. Um, revelation doesn't mean the end of the world, by the way. It means to reveal. It means to unveil. And these revelation gifts, they're given to reveal something that's not seen. They're given to reveal something that's not obvious in the natural. They bring light to what is hidden. Another way of saying it is they actually give insight into the special thoughts and intentions of God. And I'm going to start with a really, really easy one, discernment of spirits. Who knows what that means? Brilliant. <laughs> Join the club. Um, now, what, what, spirit, what discernment of spirit is, is basically you've got an ability, an ability to see, or a spiritual ability to see actually that something is wrong. But it's different to common sense. You know, wearing socks with sandals is wrong. That's not a spiritual discernment, that's just common sense. Supporting Arsenal is wrong. <laughs> that's not spiritual discernment. That's just common sense, all right? Um, um, but we all have this moment, I don't know if you've ever done this, you've all had this moment where you've maybe been somewhere and, and everyone thinks something is wonderful and you're there going, 
like sushi. You know, everyone thinks, oh, wonderful sushi, and you're there going, that is wrong. Sorry, Michelle, I am picking on you. <laughs> As I wrote this, I thought, oh, no. Um, that's true. Um, but there's a spiritual sensitivity that actually goes a little bit deeper, that actually when we're talking about discernment of spirits, there's a spirit behind something. And a spiritual discernment or discernment of spirit is actually where you can spot that the spirit that is going on when something is actually being motivated by another spirit that actually not, not of God. There's a story in John's Gospel where it says that it says the people started to believe in Jesus and everybody's thinking, whoa, this is wonderful. It says this, but Jesus didn't trust them. Because he knew human nature. No one needed to tell him what mankind is really like. And it says, you know, he knew what was behind their motives. He knew there was something going on that wasn't right. And, and, and sometimes we can be manipulated by people. We can be manipulated by, by people saying all the right things and, and doing all the right things. But behind everything, there's a really unhealthy motivation. There's a story in Acts where Paul is walking through a place called Philippi and there's this girl that is walking behind them and she's shouting, hey, these men, they, they, they serve the most high God. They're going to tell you how to be saved. And for Paul, if you're reading that thinking, wow, great, free advertising, fantastic, stay with me. But he doesn't. He whips around and he speaks to the spirit and says, get out. And you might think, what's, that, what's going on here? Paul's being a bit harsh. This woman, is, she, everything she's saying is right. But I don't know if you know this, but in Philippi, it was illegal to be Jewish inside the, inside the city. So going around saying that was going to get Paul arrested. And Paul knew that. So he whips around, and he doesn't address the girl, by the way. If you look at the text, he doesn't talk to the girl. He talks about the spirit behind it. He says, stop that. Get out. Because if it was the girl, it would be a natural discernment. But he talks to the spirit that is enabling this girl to say that and his spiritual discernment that, that, that enables Paul to, to see what's going on under the surface. Next one's a gift of wisdom uh, or uh, a word of wisdom. Now, now, wisdom's different to knowledge, by the way. You know, someone once said, uh, knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. There's a difference between wisdom and knowledge, and we'll, and we'll come on to this in a moment, but I want you to notice that if you read your text, it says a word of wisdom. It's not words of wisdom. It's what, not words of knowledge. It's a word. And can I tell you, God's got all the wisdom. God's got all the wisdom. And if he was going to dump all his wisdom on us, I think our brains would explode. I really, really do. Our brains would explode. But, but, but what happens is, is sometimes there's a situation where we just need spiritual wisdom and it's not available to us by kind of natural means, but God will give us a word. God will give us a little bit of his wisdom. And wisdom's directive, it shows you what to do. It shows you how to move forward in something. And the, and the gift of wisdom is where you can imply a supernatural insight from the word of God to a natural situation. Jesus says this, I'll give you the right words. I'll give you the right words and such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute you. And that's what makes it supernatural. That actually no one has an answer for your wisdom. Now, that doesn't mean it makes us wise. I've heard, many pe I've heard people give a word of wisdom and they're not very wise people. 
That's where it becomes supernatural. God speaks through them. It's a momentary supernatural wisdom for a particular occasion. I, I, know, I know for myself, and I'm aware we're being recorded, so I don't want to give any kind of examples of this, just if anyone is, is watching. But, but I, I know there's been moments where I've moved in this gift, where we've been in a situation, and there's been six of us in a room, and we've all gone, and as a church leadership team, we've been looking at something, um, and five people have gone, yes, 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 we should do that. And I've just gone, no. And, and a verse has popped into my head, and, and sometimes I get a bit nervous about it when a verse pops into my head, because I have to go and check, it's actually in the Bible. <laughs> I haven't just made it up. So I go and check this, and I have a couple of moments to process, and I, and I say, actually, I think the, I, this is what I think God's saying. I bring that into the meeting, and, and a plan that could have cost us, as a church, back in it, could have cost us millions, genuinely. And I said, I don't think we should do this. And just spoke the word of God into it. We didn't do it, and thankfully... We discovered later on it wouldn't have worked anyway. Um, and, and God just popped that, you know, sometimes. And, we, and we've got to have that, that spiritual discernment to say, do you know what? I think there's something not quite right here. And using the word of God. So that's the kind of word of, word of wisdom. It's like this supernatural download where God says, okay, I'm going to give you something from my word to speak into this situation that is actually going to direct something. And it's actually so strong, no one can argue with it. Now, that doesn't give you an excuse to turn around to someone and say, God's told me. Because I've heard that one as well. Because actually, as a pastor, if you come to me and say, God's told me to move to Rwanda, yeah, fine, God's told you. <laughs> there is no answer. So I don't want God's told me, God's told me to be this golden bullet, but I, there's a spiritual uh, discernment there and a word of wisdom that comes and says, actually, do you know what? This is God's word. I think this is what the Bible is saying, and you act that in. And, and a word of knowledge is different to a word of wisdom because it's knowledge, not wisdom. And they're two different things because, again, God is all-knowing. God knows everything. And if he was to dump his, his knowledge in our heads, our brain would literally turn to mush. David says, such knowledge is too great for me. But, you know, God will sometimes he'll give us a word of knowledge. And again, it's for a specific situation, for a specific thing. And if you look at the life of Jesus, he operated in words of knowledge um, all the time, knowing things that the people in, in an ordinary situation, they just wouldn't know. So when Peter is out fishing and, the, and, and they, they're being challenged about the temple tax, what does, what does Jesus say? Go and fish again, grab a fish and there'll be a coin in it. How did Jesus know? Now, Jesus knew because he's God, obviously. But it's a word of knowledge. Jesus knew it would be there. It's a supernatural knowledge. There's another passage where Jesus is, is in a, a, a town and he, he meets this woman at the well and they get chatting. And he says, go and get your husband. And the woman says, I've got a husband. And Jesus says, no, you're right. You haven't got a husband. You've had five, and the man you live with now isn't your husband. Now, there is no way anyone else walking into that village would know. But Jesus knew. Because he was operating in a spiritual knowledge, a word of knowledge. And it's interesting that when you look at words of knowledge, or a word of knowledge, it's primarily given to create space for healing. I don't know if you know that. That when you look through the Bible, any time a word of knowledge is given... It's given to create space for healing that actually God reveals a sickness or an illness or an issue to someone. And what that does then, it gives, it gives people in the room the confidence to say, okay, that's me, because they know that God knows. So when you, if we've been in a meeting where someone has come up to the stage and says, I just really feel someone has got an issue in their back. 
And this person hasn't told anyone. They haven't been to the doctor about it, but they've been worried about it for weeks. And they say, oh, do you know what? God knows. And that gives them the confidence to know that actually, do you know what? God knows and B, God can deal with it. And so sometimes we'll do that because when we say that from the front, someone comes up and says, I really feel someone's got an issue with their shoulder or an issue with their, their knee. And no one else knows. And that person's going, wow, I didn't tell anyone that. But you get that encouragement to go, okay, well, God knows. And if God knows, God can deal with it. So what God does is he uses his people to bring out that knowledge. And what it does is it brings people to a place of healing. There's an incredible book. One of my favorite books on this is a book called Encounter the Holy Spirit. I'd really encourage you to get it. It's really accessible, simple explanation, real life kind of uh, journey through all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the woman, uh, she's part of Soul Survivor Church in Watford, but she has seen some incredible things happen to her, happen to her family, happen to her friends, happen to her to college. But she tells this story, so I want to share this because this is a bit of just reality and how it works on the ground. She was in a meeting once and she was praying and, and kind of middle of the service, she gets up and she says, I feel God is showing me someone here who has an issue with their prostate and I think God's telling me it's a man <laughs> too much laughter like the actual service just stopped there dead in its tracks because everyone was just howling with laughter um, because she'd done it she sat down really embarrassed because she didn't know she didn't know only men have prostates. So she sits down thinking, I don't know what I've said, but I've just spoken this out. Five minutes later, a man stands up. When they kind of pull the meeting back together, a man stands up and says, I've got prostate issues. And I think Jesus has just healed me. And yes, I'm a man. <laughs> but you know what? No one would have known. But that word of knowledge, she was brave enough to say, I just feel God is saying this. And it unlocks the, the confidence in people to say, okay, I'm going to step forward for that healing. I'm going to go for it. Uh, and sometimes that's physical, but I want to say as well, sometimes, sometimes it can be emotional. That word of knowledge can actually be a pathway for someone to be healed emotionally. It can, it can open up opportunities for people to, to receive healing from shame, healing from, from guilt, healing from past hurts. That actually, that word of knowledge can be the thing that unlocks a heart so that Jesus can get in and do the work. And I'm going to invite the band to, to come back up because we said at the start of the meeting we're going to deliberately give opportunities for God to move. We're going to deliberately give opportunities for us just to receive from God. Just to allow God to move in this room. You know, God loves to give us gifts. Jesus said, you know, if, if we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will God give Give good gifts to those who ask. And we can receive these gifts when we come to God in prayer. When we come to God in worship, in, in submission, and say, God, I'm open. God, use me. And I want to encourage you to just make a decision to, to just clear your mind, clear your own thoughts, clear your own kind of agendas, and just allow God to fill the gap. Just allow God to fill that space. As, as the band plays, I want to invite you to take a moment with God and say, God, Give me what you've got for me. It's not about me. God, what do you want to say this morning? God, how do you want to lead us this morning?
Father God, we clear our minds, clear our agendas. And we ask you to fill the gap. Father God, thank you for your gifts. Thank you, you give us gifts that you, br- you use to bring people closer to you. So God, we offer up our minds for you to fill. We offer up our imagination for you to fill. We offer up our mouths for you to put words in. God, give us revelation. Give us special wisdom. Give us a special discernment and give us opportunities to use them, to put them into practice so that we can make a difference in the lives of those around us. God, use us to bring light and love and light into a dark world. God, give us sensitivity. Give us courage. God, we ask for your gifts. Father God, thank you that you are bestowing your gifts all over this room. That as we open up our minds, our hearts to you, you fill them with yourself, with your goodness, with your gifts. God, help us this week to activate those gifts. Not for our own purposes, but for your glory. That we might draw people closer to you, that we might make a difference, have an impact in the lives of the people around us. We pray this in your name. Amen.